welcome our guest today. Uh, God will lead him because uh, God doesn't do these things for any reason. Just relax, just relax. We know Amen. we've gone over our time. Do not worry. Yep. Just relax. Amen. It's important for us to yield and uh, to do what must be done. And those of you watching online, just, just be part of what's going on. You're, you're, you're in God's plan as well. Um, so please, without much further ado, join me in welcoming our very special guest today, our beloved friend and, and colleague in, in the ministry, Bishop Nevan Parutza, who's our guest on this uh, special Pentecost Sunday, which is also Mission Sunday. And may I mention to you that on this, uh, if you didn't come prepared, uh, it's important. Uh, we wanted to make sure that everybody has, um, each family has a, a missions offering. Because on this Sunday, as, in, as a fellowship, the entire fellowship, what happens is that all our offerings on, on this Sunday, we only hold on to the tithes. All our offerings, we take all our offerings and take them into our missions fund for PLG Zambia. Because we believe that we are a sending church and we're sending home missionaries now. We're going to send more missionaries out there. But it is important. And over 40 are being supported already. So if you didn't do sufficient, do enough today, don't worry. Prepare something special as a family. Market for mission. We want to send a major, major, a significant offering into our missions fund. Because of the mandate that's on this house. We can't send a token item. It's got to be a significant Hallelujah. one. Amen. Amen. So I ask us, I feel that we must prepare another special bag for the coming Sunday, just towards mission. Then we'll dispatch it to the missions fund. So Bishop. Thank you, Bishop. God bless you. Thank you, Bishop. It's Pentecost again, and Amen. thank you. So Amen. great to have you. Go Amen. ahead and just uh, do thank what you. God wants you to do. Amen. And then we'll be glad. Praise the Lord. Put Amen. your hands together and appreciate it. Uh, like a soldier in the army, mm. I am set for war. I am a winner in Christ, my Lord. Like a soldier in the army. Hallelujah. I am set for I am a winner through Christ my Lord. I am a winner, you say, I am a winner through Christ my Lord. I am a winner, I am a winner, through Christ my Lord. Like a soldier, like a soldier in the army, I'm set, I am set for war. I am a winner, you say, I am a winner, through Christ my, one more time, I am a winner, yeah. I 
Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Please, you may take your seats in the presence of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Praise God. God is so good. God is so good. God is so good. Wow. Thank you, Pastor George. Because of Pastor George, he triggered some, some waters to flow <laughs> out of Bishop. And we have all become beneficiaries. You always need people like that. <laughs> they trigger something. Then you all benefit. Pastor George, may the Lord bless you for triggering such a moment where he triggered such a great blessing. I was sitting there and the Lord was talking serious business with me. May the Lord bless you, uh, our Bishop. Bishop Banda, we honor you uh, together with Mom. You are our... Southern Africa region bishop, we, we appreciate that and uh, we don't take that for granted. We wish God would give you more time to superintend on all what we are doing more, but we know that you are also putting the house in order here. But uh, we bring greetings from Zimbabwe. God has been gracious to us, uh, Mama and I. Um, since I was here, the Lord has done a lot more things. And with it comes more challenges and more, but God has been good. He has given us the privilege to uh, be the president of the Evangelical Fellowship of Zimbabwe, um, and, um, which is a very huge configuration of the church, of all Pentecostal churches housing more than 5 million people. But over and above that, four weeks ago, the Lord gave us a responsibility to chair the Zimbabwe Christian, uh, the Zimbabwe Heads of Christian Denominations, which houses literally almost all churches in Zimbabwe. That includes, that includes your Catholic Bishops' Conference, your Zimbabwe, Catholic, uh, Zimbabwe Council of Churches, EFZ, and what we call Uda Caesar, the amalgamation of our indigenous churches um, in Zimbabwe. We count it an honor and a privilege to serve the nation in that regard. We have about, um, yeah, I'll try and make it up to 2211. Just borrow 10 minutes from our usual end time. Um, and then we can try and do the best we can. Um, bless you. I want to honor my daughter here. Bless you for coming. God bless you. We, we pray for you. Now, let's quickly get into the word of God. Now, I'll quickly explain and hopefully just take some five minutes or so to preach. And may the Lord give you uh, understanding. Sometimes I complicate the, the Bible to uncomplicate it. 
and uh, you have to stay focused. I'll try and be simple. Now, I had the message that I wanted to speak, a bishop uh, called uh, Calvary Reset. Whoa, Calvary Reset. Because, but I'm not going to speak on it. I'm going to speak without notes on the day, the significance of the day. So, uh, because Calvary said what Jesus simply did on Calvary, he went back to reset factory. Factory reset and just reconfigured everything. Unfortunately, as believers, we are not aware of how Jesus reset everything. Power, access, all those things that were denied of us. At Calvary, he did a reset. Went to your reset factory reset, and redid everything. But let's, let's go back to Pentecost a little bit. Now, as I was sitting there, I was thinking, okay, uh, so you will not mind uh, my message being not well thought through, but the Holy Spirit will give you uh, grace to follow through. Let me give the title of my message this morning, Empowered for Witness. Tell your neighbor, empowered for witness. Now, as I'm going to talk about this, my points of declaration is that may the Lord accelerate your testimony and slow down that which your enemy is talking about you. I will explain. Because Pentecost is about power to accelerate the testimony. But the problem is why did we get to Pentecost? Because when the day was triggered, there were about three or four testimonies that went out about Jesus. And uh, the false testimonies were moving faster than the true testimony. That's why Pentecost had to come. Okay. Wait a minute. Let me not complicate it too fast. Now, Let's look at this, then I'll take you back to the origins of this thing. Let's look at uh, X, the book of Acts. Uh, quickly, Acts chapter number 1, verse number, uh, verse number 8. I, let's, let's look at that quickly, being mindful of time. The Bible says, when the day of Pentecost... Had they fully come, what's that now? They were all gathered with one accord in one place. And suddenly, there came a sound from heaven. I like it. It did not come from Mazabuga. Hallelujah. It did come from Kafue. It came from heaven. Oh my God. Is somebody in this house? Sound came from heaven as of rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then they appeared to them divided tongues of fire. And one sat upon each one of them. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And began to speak with other tongues in the, as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, this can be scary for some of you. Hallelujah. But I will not go there today to ask you to start speaking in tongues 
And uh, I, my father in heaven hears me uh, a lot. If I was to ask him to say, just let the fire come, some of you, you are too smart for that. The Holy Ghost will come here and some of you, you will forget you are dignified. But for today, let me spare you that. Hallelujah. The day the Holy Ghost came on me, Bishop, because I was one stubborn person like some of you here. I was a very stubborn guy who'd always reason out. If I start talking in tongues, speaking in tongues, what will happen to me? And I was not as smart, but I always had a very argumentative mind. And one day as I was walking in the bush praying, the Holy Ghost touched me by myself. And people thought, and I came home and said, Papa, to my pastor, what happened to me? And I could not stop. So I don't, maybe you may need my experience somewhere by yourself in the bush somewhere since you are too smart. But anyway, but now, when the day had fully come, because Pentecost is 50 days from the resurrection day. The day they said is risen. 50 days from there is the day of Pentecost. And this is why we are here celebrating from Easter to where we are. That's why we call it Pentecost. Now, as they waited for Pentecost, they were gathered together in one place. Not just one place, but their hearts and spirits were in one accord. That's one thing that God wants to do, wants the church to be. Unfortunately, the devil wants the opposite. If there is one thing the devil enjoys, is a church that is not in one accord. A church that is divided. A church that has uh, rumor mongering. A church that has whisperers. A church that has tribal leaders. You didn't hear me. Oh, you don't you 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 don't like it when churches tribal leaders. Okay, it's not for leadership day. Uh, every church I've been a pastor. I'll be in past, pastor full time next year. I'll be thirty years a pastor. I may look young. I'm not that young. It's just I love bathing a little bit, but uh, <laughs> I'm way in my mid fifties. Just I play a bit with water more. Otherwise, I could be looking much older than I am. Okay, thank you. At least you're laughing. That's powerful. Just be a friend with bath water, not drinking water. Hallelujah. And drinking too. Amen. Okay, so when the day had fully come, if you read the Bible, Bishop, from now going forward, the Bible talks of dramatic happenings in the church. But I will, I'm trying to say this to draw you back to why this had to happen. And it was already predestined, but I will show you what happened before. And then try and zero you in and then look at your own testimony and what the devil is doing. So from this day on, if you read what started happening in the church dramatically, number one, signs and miracles started happening. Creative miracles. Those who were put in prison will be taken out of prison. For the sake of the testimony, Bishop, if, if you, you were empowered by God to give the testimony, you couldn't stay too much in prison. God had to take you out. <laughs> One day I'll come and preach to you about your, your, your why, purpose, purpose. Because we don't die because we are old. No. 
We die because your purpose is done. That's why others get involved in serious car accidents. And they come out, you wonder why. No, purpose is not done. Yet some people die very young, it's done. You live as long as your purpose. So don't play around with your purpose. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. So, from this point onwards, the Bible begins to tell us about the numbers being added to church. 3,000. 5,000. And more and more and more. The giving became so... Uh, amazing because all it was about the speeding up of the testimony and witness of what had happened. So let's go back then if you have an understanding of why God empowered the church and what, why God should empower you, whether it's by the power of the Holy Spirit, whether it's by the power of resources, because there's one thing that you will shock you in the book of Acts. In the book of Acts, the Bible says, they gave everything. They put everything at the feet of the apostle, yet they lacked nothing. What a paradox. How do you give everything and lack nothing? Read the book of Acts. It speaks about this kind of things when the church is together, understanding people were giving their fields, selling their houses, and bringing to the feet of the apostles, and yet they let nothing. Can I explain something a little bit better, something there as well for free? Um, Bishop, there's something that we don't understand and that we take for granted. The grace and the anointing and the power that God has given the apostles. You see, when the church began, the synagogues did not belong to the church. <laughs> the altars and the synagogues belonged to the system and the establishment of that time. But when the church started, Bishop, they didn't have. Jesus would visit, but he was an outsider. When then the church was birthed, they had no building. They, so when they would bring gifts to the feet of the apostle, can I speak something deeper here? God made the altar mobile. You think you are smarter, you have a mobile phone in this and that. Did you know the altar became mobile? Wherever you found the apostles, there was the altar. <laughs> because now they, they, the synagogues were not theirs. So the Lord literally put the altar at the feet of the apostles. I'll leave it there for another day. Now watch this now. Now, so what happened before this? Because from the day one, building up to Pentecost, there's something that happened. Are you able to build scriptures up there? Let me, let me show you something. Matthew chapter 28. Let's now go back to Matthew 28. I have no time. I have to quickly push this and then God giving us grace. Pray. You know, when I said here, I wasn't feeling well. I wasn't feeling very well. I'm feeling so energetic. When that Pastor George came here, and started doing what he was doing. The spirit of the Lord came upon me and I got healed. I was really not well at all. When something of God starts happening, something happens in your system. Okay, are you able to put the scripture there? Okay, let's look at this bishop in church. Now, now after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week began to dawn, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake. For an angel of the Lord had descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door uh, and sat on it. 
I like that. I like when God sits on your barriers. <laughs> I like it when God decides just to mock your enemies and sit on the stone <laughs> that barred you from progressing. Yeah, yeah. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. May the Lord sit on your barrier today. I hope you are in this service. I don't know where you have been locked up, where you have been barred from accessing certain things. Thank God that today he can actually sit on that stone. And the guards shook for fear of him and became like dead men. Wow. But the angel answered and said to the women who had come, watch this now, do not be afraid. <coughs> Excuse me. For I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. Hallelujah. He is not here for he is risen. Tell your neighbor. He is not here. He is risen. Now come on. Tell your neighbor again. He is not here. He is risen. As he said and, and come see the place where he the Lord lay. Wow. Come see the place where the Lord lay. So what? Let's look at that. So they went in quickly to the tomb with fear and great joy. What? Have you ever seen such a conundrum? Fear and joy all in the same place. It's like fear and faith in the same place. I've done that. I've, I've, I've prayed for people when I'm afraid, yet with faith. The first, one of the first very remarkable miracles that God used me uh, performed through me was when I was when I was given after preaching a powerful at a crusade. One man brought a deaf daughter of his and say, "If the Jesus you were preaching is true, this daughter of mine must be healed. Otherwise, I'll spank you like a baby, <laughs> and this crusade will end today." I was so afraid. Sometimes pastors tell you things that don't exist. May I tell you the truth? I was shivering and shaking because he was a huge guy. He, he, he just came with his wife and a baby at the back and this six-year-old and said, this one must be healed. You, you lie to people. You are standing out there saying nonsense about this, your God. If it doesn't happen, can you believe me, Bishop? I was shaking, yet believing. <laughs> I did not even lay hands on the child. I said, all the sweat went dry. That was 2001. And I called my team. I said, come. And I said, you know, Baba, this is not me. It's not me. It's God. God does these things. He says, I don't care who. What I want is this child who is deaf and dumb must speak. Or else this meeting is over. And people were busy singing outside. They didn't know what was happening because I was by the church. Behind was the personage. I'm talking about fear and joy. Faith and fear. And I called the guys once they came in. I was trying to explain. I said, let's hold hands. I said, please stand inside this circle. Because I didn't even want to lay hands. I was so afraid. <laughs> You'd say, God did not use you. So as we were praying <laughs> in fear, and everybody was looking at me to say, you are the leader. <laughs> and then, Bishop, I was just a young man. And I prayed. I said, Lord, 
This is not our job, Lord. This is your work. Remember us and heal this child. In the midst of fear and faith, that child spoke. Oh my God. Bishop, you needed to have seen me that day. I felt like I was this huge thing. I say to the men, kneel down. <laughs> All of a sudden, I commanded him to kneel down. He went to the knees like, I said, say in the name of Jesus, I receive you, Jesus. I said, receive Jesus. Oh my God, that was the day. Full of fear and faith. And the Lord healed that baby. She spoke. And she could hear the father. I said, kneel down. All of you. <laughs> Say, Jesus, Jesus, come into my heart. Come into my heart. <laughs> Hallelujah. What am I talking about? In the interest, wait a minute. Now, what then happened is this. When they went into the tomb, when they came out. Now, this is what the angel said. And they went in and and his disciples behold jesus met okay sorry then the angel then said to them he's not here what is important now from here is they were supposed now to go out and testify about this and when they went out the bible says they met with jesus and worshiped him then he said do not be afraid god tell my brethren to go to Galilee so that I will see them there. Now, this is where the whole matter is. Now, he said, go tell them that I am risen. So, whilst they were doing that, there's another verse. Verse number 11. <laughs> so, we have testimony number one. Go tell them I'm risen. Go tell them. Tell my disciples, Peter, James, and Jem, and them were James, John, and them were hiding. Women, you want to play with women. Women are bold. Women are hiding. Women are out. They went to the tomb when the apostles were hiding. And he says, Jesus met them after they came out of the tomb. Go tell my disciples, let's meet in Galilee and tell them, I am risen. Now, there is a testimony, he is risen. There is another testimony. Verse number 11. Now while they were going, behold, some of the guards came to the city and reported to the chief priests all things that had happened when they had assembled the elders and consulted them. They gave a large sum of money. to. And these were church elders, by the way. They were meeting with key church leaders. They gave them money. They gave them money and told them to say, okay, saying this, go and tell them the disciples came and st stole his body by night whilst we were sleeping. If this comes to the governor's ear, we will appease, we will appease and make you secure. So they took the money and <laughs> did as they were told. Uh, 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 so, verse number 15, so they took the money and did as they were instructed and saying, and this saying is common reported among the Jews till today. Uh -huh. So there are two testimonies out there until today that Jesus' body was stolen. 
There is another testimony that we give that Jesus rose again. However, there is yet another one. There is yet another one in the interest of time. You remember, <laughs> you remember the two guys who had another testimony. We were going to Emmaus. <laughs> These guys are walking to Emmaus and they have another testimony altogether finished. And they, Jesus met with them. And they said to Jesus, are you new in Jerusalem? You don't know what happened. The one that says he's dead and he's dead forever. So they kept on emphasizing the death of Jesus that is finished and we are finished. So he is dead and was buried and full stop. So can I... Now, this is what was happening. So whilst there is a message is risen... There is another message which is empowered by money that he was stolen. <laughs> and Pentecost is all about the fulfillment and empowering of you to move with the testimony. It's very easy to witness. Tell the world he is risen. And you must understand that there are those who have been paid up to today. There are many people who are doing as much as they can to stop the message he is risen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Pentecost is all about empowering you to be able to tell the world he's risen. That's right. The reason why, let me tell you, if you sit there and think somebody else will do it, the somebody else who's doing it is telling them he was stolen. The world is telling a different story about Jesus' resurrection. That's why then God says, okay, let me give them the power of the Holy Ghost to accelerate the message that he is risen. You need to be, okay, let me ask you a question. Which group are you? The one that says, ah, he died. You may be sitting here thinking, ah, I don't think, I don't really think he rose again. You are part of those who are going to Emmaus. When Jesus met with them, do you know, the Bible says it was almost midnight. Once they got the message from Jesus himself, and the Bible says, was our hearts not burning? The Bible tells me that they returned midnight to go back to Jerusalem to tell them he is risen. Can I ask you a question? When last, when last did you speak about his resurrection? Oh my God. When last? The holy heaven had to plan a party for the Holy Ghost to come down to empower people to talk about his resurrection. And there are those who have sponsored to derail the message. The Bible is very clear that message is still moving around the Jews today. I relate with a lot of Jews. They are offended by the fact that Jesus rose again. I thank God for the Messianic Jews who understand that Jesus rose again. They are part and parcel of the party that's going out there to tell the world he is risen. But, but, so where are you? Others are paid. Now, let me, let me bring it home because my borrowed time, I'm in my borrowed time. Bishop, did you know that there are people here God has given testimonies? They are not their testimony is not accelerated. 
What is accelerated about you are the lies about you. God blesses you with a good husband. They say, no, 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 no. They must have gone to some witch doctor somewhere. They are spreading a different message. The Lord blesses you with good business. They always, mm, we doubt. You are not the first one. They did it to Jesus. Ah, you're not hearing me. We, I, and I want to pray for you today. Let there be the power of the Holy Ghost to accelerate as we accelerate the Jesus message that your own testimony is accelerated. Oh, hallelujah. I am praying that the Lord will put impetus on the speedy of your testimony. I'm praying that the Lord will recalibrate your speedometer about your testimony that it goes faster than the testimony against you. Oh yeah. How many people are talking against you? How many people are talking false messages about you? I thank God that when such kind of things, God is a solution. Put the power of the Holy Ghost upon the believers to expand and give a higher speed to the testimony about his resurrection. Today, the whole wide world is full of billions of believers who are moving with this message that he is risen. And I want to pray for you in particular. I know there are people here who are struggling. They are so shy. I've been finding it, Bishop, with what God has been doing in my life. There are people who are coming around me. Instead of celebrating, they are quick to caution me. As if I'm in ECD, if it was in Zimbabwe, uh, the grades below grade one. You know, stay on your foot, stay on earth, stay on earth. Be careful, don't be proud. If you are not careful, you think they are godly. No, they are worried about you. <laughs> They are not worried good about you. They are worried God is doing too much in your life. So they want, to, they want to tell you, please remain humble. No, it's not they care about your humility. They are worried about your acceleration. If God knew I was going to fall by pride, he would have not given me this. If God knew, listen to me, the Lord has blessed you. And we pray that your testimony about the good things that God is doing in your life goes faster than the testimony of the things that you're struggling to do. Listen to me. We build on momentum. There are certain things that begins to happen in your life, not because you're too good, but because God has started building momentum. Oh my God. We call it... The principle of snowballing, isn't it? You keep building. You keep building. There is a time, some of you, God had put you on your snowballing effect trajectory. But your enemies came to start giving you ungodly advice. Slow down, slow down. To where? Move faster. I have come to tell you, move faster. Move faster. May the grace be with you. May the favor be upon you. Your testimony is greater than your failure. Your testimony is bigger than what the enemy is doing in your life. I have come to decree and declare that may the Lord energize those with your testimony and slow down those with a negative testimony about your life. I decree and declare we are putting brakes 
on the negative testimony. We are putting acceleration on the positive testimony on your life. I don't care who's paying who to do what. Who's pursuing you negatively. The grace of God is resting on you. From today, we are placing an acceleration. In case there's not enough fuel in your tank. Jesus. Because the speed by which you are taking off from today is so high. Hmm. Let me tell you. And I pray. You look okay. All right, let, me, let me give you examples of cars. How your testimony is going to be amazing. In Zimbabwe, there are guys who have a system of changing the engine of a vehicle. It's a Honda Fit. Do you have Honda Fits here? In Zimbabwe, it's a very popular car. Because people with big cars have had accidents with it and they've gone off the road and that little thing remains intact. So Honda Fit has a bad reputation in Zimbabwe. It's a small car, but, you know. So there are people with the issue of putting a bigger engine on a Honda Fit. When a bigger engine is on a Honda Fit, when it's beginning to move, it surprises people more than when a Lexus is moving. Because we always say, Alexis V8 must move that faster. But when the speed is on a Honda feet, I want to pray. May the Lord put an Alexis engine on you as a Honda feet. That your enemies will be shocked. What's going on with this small thing that is moving at such a high speed? What's going on with this small somebody that's being so effective? May the Lord recalibrate your system. And make your testimony greater. As far as the testimony of Jesus was concerned, the day of Pentecost had to come. All along he was saying, tell them, tell them, go and tell my disciples, go and tell my disciples, go and tell them. After the day of Pentecost, Bishop, it was like veiled fire. It was like veiled fire. Each one started talking about this Jesus. And until Peter had to say, you crucified him. We are just testifying. You will have no choice when that power hits you. Whether you're in the village, whether you are in an office, whether you're a government official, whether you are just somebody selling tomato on a road, on a corner of a street, when the power hits you, heaven will zero in on you. And heaven will recognize that street corner of yours and make it more popular in heaven than the street in the best suburb in this town. May heavens locate you. May heavens empower you to move with the testimony of Jesus as well as to move your testimony. Listen to me. When Mary anointed Jesus, the Bible says, her name shall be always spoken about. As you do what God has asked you to do, your name and the testimony of Jesus will both go together. Please stand. Let me pray for you. He is not here. Mm. He is risen. Hallelujah. He is not here. Hallelujah. He's not he's here. He's alive. He's not here. He's alive.
He is not here. You are no longer where you were before the sin. He is risen. Hallelujah. He is not here. Jesus is alive. He's alive. He has anointed us. Come and see. To move faster with that testimony. Where they laid him. To bring more people He's to the knowledge of Jesus. He's alive. Hallelujah. He is not here. He's risen. He's not here. He's alive. Hallelujah. Raise your hands. He's not here. Raise your hands. Let me pray. He is risen. He is not here. He's alive. Thank you. Raise your hands. Let me pray for you now. My Father in heaven, I honor you. I glorify your name for each person in here that by the power of the Holy Ghost, the pouring of the Spirit of the Lord, you accelerated the testimony about your resurrection. The day of Pentecost, the day of acceleration, the day of the church growth, that you grew the church so faster by thousands of people per service. The day you made your church great. I pray for every hand that is risen. That Holy Spirit, you may touch them today. Touch them as you, they go home. Speak to them in their individual capacity. That Lord, out of this congregation, you multiply this church by greater numbers because of the testimony of his resurrection. But Lord, I pray also for each and every one of them. You have given them their personal testimony that the gates of hell may want to resist. You cannot be resisted anymore. The Lord is putting a speed on your testimony. Your testimony is going faster than those who have paid to derail your testimony. The grace of God is on you. Your health is good. Your speed is greater. You are moving faster. You will be recognized more now than those who do not want you to be recognized. Father, thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Bishop. Hallelujah. Lord, we honor you for your word this morning. Thank you for the deposit into our lives. Thank you for every son and daughter, for every single individual who's been able, Lord, to appropriate what you're saying. 